You're listening to Sourced with Stu Finer. going on business is off the wall hard to get on a schedule which god willing we will be back doing this at least once a week i'm going to try to go bi-weekly and get it rolling and maybe after the first of the year we might even have three times a week but right now fuck did i miss you fuck do I love you and thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I know how competitive the industry is out there with the podcast. So thank you for giving me your time, your energy, and your undivided attention. So let's fucking go! First of all, for all the Jews out there, happy Hanukkah. And obviously, I am a Jew. I was bar mitzvahed. I was raised a Jew. My father gave me a little convoluted thinking on the Jewish religion. Uh, Pretty much he taught me to be insecure. Everybody hates fucking Jews. And he also taught me that Jews are the chosen people, that God chose Jews over other people. So I did feel insecure that everyone hated me. I did feel insecure that I was not loved by the world, but I said, well, fuck, if God's a Jew and I am the chosen people, then I have a fucking edge over anybody. So although it was insecurity, it also gave me incredible confidence because I felt anytime, anywhere, any way I was going to get an edge, because God loved me more than any non-fucking Jew. Obviously, that's psycho thinking. That is totally not true. But up until about 14, 15 years old, I fucking believed it like it was the fucking Bible. And when I say the Bible, I say the old fucking testament. The Old Testament, motherfucker! 3,000 plus years before the fucking New Testament ever came around. Before Jesus Christ, who was a Jew, who lived as a Jew, and died as a Jew, became the New Testament. The New Story. So you have the Old and the New. So, being a Jew for me was quite interesting. Quite complicated. And obviously, like I told you, made me very insecure and very confident. And until I got my bearings about the world where everyone is equal, and pretty much 99% of religion is total fucking horse shit, a total money grab, a total scam manipulation, a mind fuck, it's really what I believed growing up. It really was. And I've already told the stories about when I came from Brooklyn to Long Island, how I got beat up because I was a Jew, how they wrote kike on my driveway with crab apples. I've gone through these stories, and if you've missed them, you can listen to my prior 13 podcasts that I go over it. But being a Jew in general, I feel good about it. 
I feel good about it. I am not a practicing Jew. I married Irish Catholic. I celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Hanukkah. I celebrate Easter. I celebrate Passover. You give me a fucking holiday, I'm gonna fucking celebrate! Matter of fact, every fucking day's a celebration. I don't need Christmas. I don't need fucking Hanukkah. I don't need Easter. I don't need Passover. I'm so funny, you're fucking not. If I say it's a fucking holiday, it's a fucking holiday. I could make a holiday at a diner alone eating a twin cheeseburger, large fry, and fucking vanilla milkshake. Because that's what it's all about. Because truth be told, if you feel good about yourself, if you're secure with yourself, if you're secure with your insecurities, with your failures in life, with your successes in life, and understand to not take yourself so seriously, then every day is a motherfucking holiday. Every day is a party and I love fucking partying. So the festivities begin now with Hanukkah, rolling into Christmas, rolling into New Year's. And it's a tremendous rocking and rolling. But again, a lot of people's lives suck. A lot of people are lonely. A lot of people are insecure. So the best thing about the holidays for me, and I do it a lot, and I've done it for 20 to 30 years, and I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars helping people, but you don't know who I helped. None of your fucking business. It'll never be found out. And I'm not tooting my horn right fucking now because I have as many insecurities and as many failures and as many mistakes as anybody that's ever walked this earth. By the same token, I have probably more successes than almost anybody on this fucking earth. I live a Frank Sinatra type life. I have it all. Men want to be me. Women want to fuck me. And <laughs> the only way you're going to be me is if you buy my fucking merchandise at BeLikeStu.com. So at least you have part of me on you. But my point is this. Do something nice for someone right now that really is needy. And you know who they are. Don't get found out. Don't toot your horn. Don't put it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Don't even fucking tell them. Send it anonymous. Help somebody anonymously. Because that is God's will. If you want to say, well, Stu, are you a Jew? Are you a Christian? You married Irish Catholic? You celebrate every fucking jerk-off holiday possible? What the fuck are you? You know what I am? I am a glorious failure in the eyes of God. And I'm okay with that. And I give 100% every day to whatever the fuck I'm doing. Whether it's eating ass, whether it's licking clit, whether it's fucking, whether it's making breakfast, lunch, dinner, whether it's making people laugh, making people cry, helping someone out, coaching sports, picking winners, taking a shit. I bring 100% every single day, every single moment to everything I do. I live like I will die any moment. I live like I'm going to die any second. So I have no regrets. I always throw caution to the wind. And that's how I live. And 
I love helping people. I have always been a people pleaser. In the 70s and the 80s, when I blew up to be a living legend, a superstar, a boy wonder, where obviously monetarily I was making millions of dollars in my 20s, early 20s, and I owned the fucking earth. I love to tell people how much I gave to everyone. I love to tell people how much I help people. And pretty much when I fell on my face and I got into programs, whether it was my Ovaries Anonymous program and psychiatrist and psychologist and meetings and therapy, they taught me that if I do something good for someone and brag about it, it's negated. It doesn't even fucking count. So where I thought I was such a big shot, I was such a people pleaser, I wanted everyone to know how great I was, how big my dick was, how much money I had, and how benevolent I was. When I got into therapy, they said, useless, you're a jerk off, it's all about stew. And then they said, give without being found out. And huh, I was like, well, what fucking good is that? What fun? That's useless. So <laughs> during the holiday season now, uh, I self-actualized and grew up a little bit, a little bit, as I am a glorious failure and a child of God. So for the last, I'd say, two and a half decades, I have given a lot to a lot of people and no one knows where it fucking came from. Anytime I give anything, and a lot of things I give big, 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 no one fucking knows where it comes from. No one. Never. No one. Because it is useless if I take credit for it. If I pat myself on the back. If my ego, which arguably is the biggest fucking ego in the world, in the world, there's no bigger ego than me. I think if I fuck a woman, she'll be mine forever. My sex slave, because I'm great. I think everybody loves me. I think I am the fucking cat's meow. So you don't need to make my ego any fucking bigger because it cannot be any bigger. My ego reaches fucking Uranus. Uranus, Jupiter. So. For the holiday season, if you have the means, and it's not necessarily about money, it might be your time, might be helping someone, might be just giving a kiss, just giving a hug. It might be just eating someone's ass, licking someone's clit, fucking somebody. On the flip side, the women of Stu Nation. It might be eating a man's ass, licking his ball sack, separating his balls with your tongue, sucking the cock, deep-throating it, swallowing, fucking hard. It might be for a woman just to do the right thing, women of Stu Nation, men of Stu Nation. But again, don't be found out. Don't be found out. Do something nice for someone. Do not be found out. Now, a couple of Hanukkah stories. Obviously, uh, when I was 11, 12, and 13 in Hebrew school, Hanukkah was the big deal. Big deal. Because after I got bar mitzvah, the only thing that Hanukkah meant to me was, fuck, I'm getting fucking a ton of presents. 
And I always liked getting one big present rather than eight useless fucking little teeny presents. And I liked the big present. And my mother and father always used to hide the gifts. Because they like giving little gifts, and then the last day of Hanukkah, we get the big gift for me and my brother. I only had a brother. My brother passed away in 2006. So my mom and dad always gave presents to me and my brother. And they would always hide the presents in the same fucking spot. And obviously, me and my brother were connivers. So we'd always find all the fucking presents. We would carefully and meticulously unwrap every one of our presents. Because mom and dad didn't realize we knew where they hit them. And they were not thinking that we were just gutter thieves and low-life children. And we were going to really unwrap everything, which we did. We unwrapped everything. When my father went to work and my mother was out of the house, me and my brother would blow through all the presents, look at all of them, wrap them back up, and you would never know anything. So we knew in advance what we were fucking getting. And it was just absolutely incredible. And we used to play mind games with my mother and father because they they're, they're good people. They're not thieves. They're not connivers. They're not real street people. They would, you know, me and my brother were really psycho fucks. And they would just fuck with them every day. We would just, whatever they gave us, we knew in advance. So we would just fuck with them every day going, oh, we wish we had. And we would tell them what we wish. So then at night when we opened each gift, each individual day, it would be exactly what we told our parents we wanted. So our parents were so fucking happy. They were patting each other on the back, hugging and kissing. They were probably fucking eating ass, licking Clinton fucking all night, being saying to themselves, wow, we did a good job. Our kids wanted these gifts and we delivered. Meanwhile, we were fucking post-fucking-presenting. We were post-presenting. We knew what we got. We made believe we did it. We told them what we wanted. When we opened it, we were phony fucks going, oh my God, I can't believe we got the G.I. Joe. I can't believe we got the Speed Racer. I can't believe we got the Matchbox Cars. And that's pretty much when I was a kid, what was big. Rock 'em, sock 'em robots, motherfucker. You had these jerk off robots in a rink. You know what I'm talking about. They go bang, 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 bang. Me and my brother fucking loved that. We had hundreds of Hot Wheels. I fucking loved Hot Wheels when I was a kid. Fucking loved it. And then let's talk about food. Because my mother taught me food is love. It's the only thing, the only strike against my mother who I put on a pedestal really above my wife and equal with Mother Teresa, a perfect woman. But she taught me food is love because holy fuck did she love food and holy fuck do I love food. And I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in therapy trying to break the cycle that food is not love. Because God, do I love a fucking ham and Swiss hero, lettuce, tomato, mayo, with a bag of Ruffles potato chips and a Diet Coke. That's like eating Ariana Grande's ass for me. Maybe not for you. God, do I love a roast beef hero with a ton of mayo, American cheese, Swiss cheese, fucking eating that motherfucking thing. 
with sour cream and onion potato chips. <laughs> Woo! And on Hanukkah, my mother cooked. First of all, she'd invite her mother and father over, and on my father's side, his mother and father. So there'd be, what are we talking? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. She cooked for 20! Where are the 20 people? Are we feeding Judah Maccabee? Are we feeding the Jews that are still walking in the desert starving? Mother, no! Who's coming over with all this fucking food? So, it's no surprise and no secret that me and my brother were fat fucking Jews. 9, 10, 11, 12. And I'm talking fat. I'm not just talking basic fat. I'm talking really fucking fat. But she would make a brisket right now that I would tell you right now is as good as Rihanna's clitoris. My mother's brisket is better than eating Jessica Alba's pussy. Now, my mother's been dead since 2002. But I'll tell you right now, I can still taste the brisket in my fucking mouth. First of all, I don't know how, but there was never any fat. Second of all, the gravy was so beautiful that when I tasted the gravy, I swear to God, I heard angels sing! It was that fucking good. She would make a roasted potato that was absolutely beautiful. It was roasted, and it was crusty all on the outside, and then in the inside, it was soft as your cock after coming three times. It was just so amazing, and God, do I love roasted potatoes and brisket from my mother. Now, you could go to Jewish delis and get that. Not! You can go to other people's houses. No! My mother's brisket and roasted potatoes on Hanukkah was a fucking 10, and everyone else's was a three. I'm talking a three. And I would go to other people's houses and have to blatantly lie and say, yeah, this is good. Meanwhile, Ted's like, sandpaper. Meanwhile, I was like, you ain't my mother. You shouldn't even have the balls to cook. Who the fuck are you to make a brisket and roasted potatoes? You have no fucking idea how to cook. Now, if you want to talk about potato latkes, Holy f fuck. Now, for all you non-Jews out there, do you know what a potato latke even is? Let's go. Potato pancake. So she would sit there and shred potatoes for fucking hours. And she would make sure it was only the white of the potatoes. And then she would mush them and mush them and mush them. And then she'd have this psycho pan with butter and oil going. So you would throw the potatoes in this oil frying pan. And they would be golden brown. They would be crispy. They would make your dick hot. And you would forget about the entire earth. You would forget about the world. You would just say, oh my God, I'm in fucking heaven. And me and my brother ate. I'm talking like she would make like 60 of them. And me and my brother would just eat them until they're fucking gone. And my father would come home from work and go, where are the fucking potato pancakes? And I'd be like, I don't know, me and my brother ate them. And he would be like so angry that my mother on the second night of Hanukkah would have to hide the potato pancakes from us. Because they were amazing potato latkes! Potato fucking latkes! Let's fucking go! Let's fucking go! 
and I'll tell you right now, it is absolutely incredible. And it is a shame that my mother's dead. It's a shame she's been dead since 2002 because I'll tell you right now, if you ever ate my mother's brisket, her roasted potatoes, and her potato latkes, and if you'd like, you can take the latkes and dip them in applesauce. Because, wow! Wow! Because then you get the crunchiness, you get the just wholesome taste of the motherfucking potato, and then you get the sweetness of applesauce. Now, who the fuck doesn't like applesauce? You could put applesauce on anything, and I'll never forget it. I had this girl who loved applesauce, so I put it on my dick and made her suck my dick with applesauce. It was amazing! It was fucking amazing! Matter of fact, when I came and the applesauce was in her mouth with my cum, it was like having like a apple sauce with whipped cream! And that is pretty much why my cum still tastes like whipped cream or cotton candy. And, you know, um, there's two, three thousand women out there that have swallowed my load and can attest to this. And they would always suck my cock and say, wow, does your cum taste good? And I would say, I think it's from my mother's latkes that I used to put applesauce on my cock during Hanukkah and got blown. Because in Hebrew school, all we were looking to do is come and we were jerking off at 11 11 years old 12 years old and then you know nobody was fucking in 11 years old 12 years old 13 years old when i went to school we're talking 1971 72 73 that's not what's happening now it is now it's commonplace now it is but then if you got a hand job in hebrew school you are fucking moses you were above the rabbi. You were an elite Jew level. And of course, I was the king of the hand job. I was the king of hand jobs in Hebrew school, cutting Hebrew school behind the Jewish center, in the bathroom at the Jewish center. And I've got over 60 hand jobs in Hebrew school. A Hebrew school record. And always around the holidays, I would play the holiday card. Hey, listen, it's the holidays, you know, we're Jews. And uh, they would ne women would never let you really finger them, play with their pussy, play with their ass when I was a kid. You know, I'm talking 11, 12, 13. They would let you suck their tits and play with their tits and look at your puss their pussies. They would pull their pants down and show me their pussies. Show me their vagina. But never, I can't touch it. Can't touch it. Didn't know why I, they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me! And I'm not like these scumbag rape artists right now that push. Someone says no, it's no. No is no. But they put their hands on my fucking cock, on my ball sack, and I just come. Matter of fact, if they rubbed my dick with my pants on, I would come. We're talking 11 years old. We're talking 12 years old. We're talking 13 years old. So for me, Hanukkah always meant coming, eating, gifts. Coming, eating, gifts. Coming, eating, gifts. And Hebrew school was just fucking incredible because all the Jews really loved that we had eight nights to get presents. Because obviously, Christmas was a bigger buzz because there weren't many Jews. 
you know, we were a minority, still am, always will be. And, you know, no one really wants to be a Jew. It's hard to be a Jew. Because especially in the 60s and the 70s, people, t especially on Long Island when I came here, people were like, you're a Christ killer. You killed our Savior. You killed our Lord. You have horns. You're not like us. And it was rough being a Jew. No one would really pick being a Jew. So we had to fight to be a Jew. But during Hanukkah, we rolled because we got presents every night. We rock and rolled. It was a lot of fun. And we ate like fucking kings. So I always reminisce back to the early 70s where a fucking good grind coming in my pants when I was 11 on Hanukkah from a hot girl. Potato latkes with fucking applesauce. Brisket and roasted potatoes. Holy motherfucking fuck. And then I remember once when me and my brother were fucking around, lighting the candles, and the tablecloth went on fire and we ruined the whole fucking night. I think that was in 1972. It was like day four where the candles were dripping. Me and my brother got in some sort of argument. We started wrestling. Fucking menorah fell. Fucking tablecloth went on fire. Bang! Everything was a fucking disaster. And let me say something. My father was a motherfucking psycho back in those days. Me and my brother got fucking beat. We got whacked in the face, whacked in the head. Then, my, then when my father would kept beat me and my brother, my mother would then have the soothing words like, Howie, which is my father, don't hit him in the face. People are going to see the scars. Hit him in the ass. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for the fucking save, Mom. And I'll tell you right now, I've never seen my father so angry. My pop at the time, I mean, now you see my father. He's 80 years old, 140 pounds, built like Jesus Christ, hung like a fucking horse. He's going to live to 120. But then he used to smoke, like we're talking now, 1970. 70, 71, 72, 73, 74. He'd smoke four packs of Vantage cigarettes a day. He was 260 pounds. He worked like a fucking animal. He was a rageaholic, and he was one motherfucking psycho. He was a fucking psycho. So I don't know if any of your fathers did this, or you do it, or your brothers do it, but when he got angry, see, me and my brother knew to run. See, my father wouldn't immediately jump at you. It was like, he would breathe in, he would breathe out, he would bite down on his lip. You would see his teeth. You would see his teeth right in front of you. And then at that moment, you know to run. He bit down like, hmm. You know, his fucking teeth would go down his bottom lip and you better fucking run because you were getting a beating. A legit beating, not a basic beating. And he would grab anything in his way. Belts, books, cups, he'd throw it at you because me and my brother would run. We're not sitting there catching a beating. We would run. We wouldn't run out of the house. We'd like hide under the bed so he couldn't really hammer us. And, you know, give him about two or three minutes and he couldn't breathe. He couldn't breathe. He literally couldn't breathe. He would start coughing. Phlegm would start coming out of his mouth. He couldn't breathe because he was a fat fuck. He smoked four packs of cigarettes a day and thank God he had no stamina. So me and my brother caught beatings, but since we were little quick fat Jews running around, you know, we knew not to get cornered where we'd catch a beating. And I'll tell you right now, to this day, 
I'll tell you, when I got in any fights when I was a kid, I was an expert at protecting myself. And I'll tell you, I, I fucking, all the fights I've had in my life, let's say my record is like 150 and 30, where I've murdered 150 people and got my ass kicked like 30 times. But out of the 120 out of 150 that I've won, I would say my opponent should have kicked my ass. My opponent was bigger, stronger, faster, but did not have my stamina. So from my father and beating me, I knew how to protect myself. And I saw my father lose his breath a lot trying to beat me and my brother. And that's pretty much what I did when I went into a fight. I would protect myself, let the other person blow it out quick, throw a million punches, grab me, whatever the fuck case may be, and then they can't breathe. And then I did my fucking damage. And that's pretty much, I mean, look, that's how I ran the marathon at 56 in four hours and 39 fucking minutes at 1040 mile after only training for three and a half months. No one could do that. But I was born with insane stamina and I also was born with a keen insight how to save my motherfucking life and watch my father lose his breath. So anytime I fought someone, that was my key. My key was to wait until this motherfucker couldn't breathe and then it was easy pickings. Then I kicked them in their fucking balls, stepped on their fucking face, broke their nose until somebody broke it up and then we called it a day. I'd go to the fucking hospital with the person, hug it out and we'd become friends again. Cause that's how it used to be in the 70s. Now. Fuck, that's not how it is. Now you got these UFC people. You can't never square someone up right now. You can't judge a book by its cover. You have no idea. 110-pound person could put you in the fucking hospital. He could be training the hoist greasy, mortai, blah, blah, and kill you. So now you don't fight anybody. You really don't. Or when you fight someone, you're going to fucking just bring people with you and knock fucking people out immediately before they even start. But then that's not really how it was. It was a fight. No matter how bad it was, no one used knives, no one was breaking bones, it was a brawl. Whatever happened at the end of the fight, you became friends afterwards. You became friends, and that's fucking how it was. And Hanukkah, especially when we lit the tablecloth on fire, was, I think that was the first recollection of me actually being so psycho, watching my father lose his breath, and then putting it in my mind, God, if I ever get in this spot again, I just need to wait the person out until they lose their breath, and then it's easy pickings. Now, I never beat my father, I never hit my father, but I was able to then maneuver and run around because the fucking guy's hands are on his knees, and he's like, <gasps> you know what do? You know what I'm last? And me and my brother are just running away like two fat cherubs. Boop, 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 boop. Let's go eat some fucking dreidel candy, baby! Let's eat some chocolate fucking dreidels! Speaking of dreidels, during Hanukkah, these are these fucking stupid things that you spin, and there's a game involved, and depending upon how you play it, well, me and my brother used to take the wooden dreidels and just throw them at cars going past our house. It was the funniest fucking thing. We would just take the dreidel and nail cars going by. Now, it was like a little plastic dreidel or a wooden dreidel, so it's not gonna really do damage. But me and my brother would sit on our stoop and whenever the car came by, we would see who had the better arm. Who had the better arm? 
And who could wail the dreidel at a car going past our house? And that's what we do with the fucking dreidels. Now, obviously, the candy dreidels, the chocolate dreidels, what we did is put them in the freezer because me and my brother loved eating frozen chocolate. Loved eating frozen chocolate! To this day, you give me a frozen score bar, a frozen Hershey bar with almonds, a frozen Snicker, a frozen clock bar, a frozen baby Ruth. My fucking dick is hard as a rock. I'm the happiest fucking guy in the world. I don't give a fuck about anything. Frozen chocolate is absolutely what God eats. There's no two ways about it. When we go to heaven, and I'm going to heaven, I'm going to fucking heaven. I've self-actualized. I thought I was going to hell. And I said, fuck hell! Fuck fucking devil women! I'm going to heaven now! I'm fucking blonde-haired, blue-eyed fucking angels! I'm fucking them up their ass! I'm eating their ass! I'm licking their clit! And I'm fucking them! And I'm going to be in heaven. So, blonde-haired, blue-eyed angels. That's my game. That's my style. Thin. I do not like fat asses. I like a thin ass, a tight ass. I like blonde hair and blue eyes. That's me. That's me. So, I'm going to heaven. I'm fucking angels. I'm fucking blonde haired blue-eyed women all day. So, when I get there, I'll bet my fucking life. My game of the year. I'm betting my life. My fucking life. Everything I own. I'm betting my kids' eyes. My wife's eyes. My father's eyes. Who else do I really love? Big Cat, PFT, Rhea, Hank, El Presidente, KFC. I'm betting their eyes that God, when he snacks, is eating frozen chocolate. I don't know what the chocolate is. It could be basic butter crunch frozen! But he's eating it because it's that fucking good. So... We're ready to roll. I have incredible energy. I am so blessed to live. If your life is not mine, of course it's not. I'm still finer. You're fucking not. You never will be. You can't hold my dick. You can't fuck like me. If I fucked your wife, she'd be my wife. There's a 9% chance I have fucked your mother. And there's a 5.5% chance I have fucked your grandmother and there's probably a 0.6% chance I fucked your aunts and I have fucked your daughters. It's just the way I roll. Yes, my cock should be bronzed. Yes, it is as big as a Hanukkah fucking menorah. Yes, I'm blessed! So now, let's talk a little bit about sports. Oh, by the way, how do I make a living? I pick winners. First of all, I have a tremendous amount of winter merchandise right now at BeLikeStew.com. So whether it's my long sleeve shirts, whether it's my short sleeve shirts, whether it's my hoodies, we now have clean stuff. So you could walk into a church, into a synagogue, at the kitchen table, and you could have Stew Nation clean, and you could have all my merchandise clean. So you could have it explicit, or you can have all my merchandise clean. And you could buy that at BeLikeStew.com. Obviously, the cum towels, they're not clean. They're never going to be clean. It's just a cum towel! How can a cum towel be clean? You cum! And because people are so uptight in this fucking United States about sex, and I'm not talking 
men raping women. I'm not talking all the bullshit that's going on right now. I'm not talking that. I'm talking just straight up sex. People are so uptight about sex. They really are. I'm just talking straight up sex. People don't want to talk about it. You know, you're never supposed to be talking about sex, religion, politics. Well, why is 2017 so fucked up? Because everybody's talking about sex, religion, and politics. So maybe that cliche might have been right. Maybe it might have been right. The conservatives don't like the liberals. The liberals don't like conservatives. Blah, 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 blah. But bottom line is this. Get on to BeLikeStu.com and buy my fucking stuff. Spend your money with me. Spend your money with me. First of all, let me tell you why. First of all, my logo's amazing. My shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies are amazing. When people see you wearing them, they're going to be like, wow, that's amazing. Where'd you get it? They'll also say, wow, you know Stu Finder. That's amazing. You also will perform better sexually. I'm, that's 100%. It's not 99%. It's 100%. Let's say you fuck for five minutes. And then you come, you wear my shirts, 10 minutes. Let's say you fuck for 30 minutes. You wear my shirts, it's an hour. And again, prefacing you have to be eating ass for 15 minutes and licking clit for 15 minutes. Because at least you got 30 minutes, even if you only are a one minute man. If you're eating ass and licking clit for 30 minutes and then you fuck for a minute, you got a 31 minute session. I've just improved your life 3000%. Where you would turn, pull down your pants, go, uh, 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 uh. I'm done. What? The woman would go, what? If you eat her ass for 15, Lick her clit for 15 and fuck for a minute. No big deal. She's already multiple orgasm five fucking times because of me, because of my expertise, because of my experience. So again, we're coming out with a new Christmas shirt. It might be after the New Year's shirt. It's going to be called 15, 15, 30. 15 minutes eating ass, 15 minutes licking clit, 30 fucking. Because pretty much a lot of you that premature ejaculate, that come quick. Okay, I have a lot of young audience too, and then obviously I have a lot of old audience too. A lot of men premature ejaculate. Well, so let's say you're eating her ass and you shoot your first load. 15 minutes, okay. And then you start licking your clit for 15 minutes. You will get hard again. So that second load will give you the ability and the endurance to roll for 30 minutes. You can roll for 30 minutes. You got an hour session. Do you know how good it is to fuck a girl for 30 minutes? Do you know how good it is to fuck a girl for 30 minutes after she's came four times already? And now she's like, oh my God, I never thought it was like this. I've never felt like this. No one's ever made me feel like this. Do you know how good that makes you feel? So if you wear BeLikeStu.com shirts, hoodies, and you have the cum towel to clean up afterwards, everything is really perfect in the world. It's a great kiss, Christmas gift, a great New Year's gift, a great stocking stuffer. Then, if you want to roll over to StuFighter.com and buy my picks, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? I'm better than everybody else. For 40 years, I fucking won. Do I win every day, week, a month? Of course not. But during now, when you're rolling into the bowls, you're rolling into the playoffs, and you got these primetime games, which I've been unbelievable. Unbelievable on primetime football. Unbelievable NFL primetime football. 
unbelievable when I roll out a bet for a hundred thousand. When I bet a hundred grand of my money, I win! I fucking win! So again, you could get over to StuFinder.com and buy my picks. I'm also extremely accessible on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and of course, the thing that I love most in the world is Snapchat, where every day I say hello to Mr. Daily News, my daily news, which I've gotten for 35 years. Hello, Mr. Newsday. I've got my newspaper for 35 years. Hello, Mr. Mailbox. I say hello to my fucking mailbox and hug it out in my fucking mailbox. And the mailbox is about 14 years old. Okay. And then I take my first shit of the day on my $25,000 mirrored pedestal sink marble floor black bathroom. And then I show you my $2 million motherfucking house. And then I open my life to you. I show you what I eat. And then throughout the day, I show you my slant on what I think is funny. You might not think it's funny. I don't give a flying fuck. If you think I give a fuck about anybody, I don't. I do stew. I do stew. I do stew. Do stew. Now, if you don't like me, there's a million other things to do. But I would swear to God, the reason I get close to a million views a day on Snapchat is you will find me funny. So, I love being on Snapchat. It's so fucking funny. So, right now, that's it. Right now, this ends Podcast 14. Right now, I would say to you right fucking now, I fucking love you. Take no shit from no one fucking ever. 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 If someone makes you feel less than, fuck them. If someone demeans you, fuck them. If someone tells you you are worthless, fuck them. You have to have positivity in your life. Real positivity. And it has to come from within. Know that I am Nobody, and I made myself into a living legend. I am not that smart. 550 math, 390 English on my SATs. I am not book smart. I am not that fucking intelligent. I don't have a photographic memory like my wife and all my children do. I forget what I did yesterday. So I am a common person that rose to, on a business level, right over $60 million in my life. And I am responsible for close to $1 billion in the sports gambling industry being earned because there are thousands of people that do what I do that suck, that just rob you, that kill you, that crush you. But because, but I taught them a living in 1982, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1990. So I'm a living legend and I'm a nobody. I came from nothing. I am the same as you. I take a shit like you, I pee like you. I sure as fuck don't fuck like you, ask your mother, ask your wife, ask your daughter. But be that as it may, you can do anything you want to do and don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. You just gotta work hard and do it. Have confidence. Remember your part of Stone Nation. Let's fucking go. And remember, I'm Stu Fighter.